Um, thank you so much, Pastor. Pastor Lee, for the opportunity given to me again um, to stand before your beautiful congregation and bring a message from Jesus, whom we serve no matter where you live, Jesus remains Jesus. And I love it because in heaven, I don't think we shall have white or black. We shall have somebody that resembles God who was created in the image of God and God alone. I love that. I came to Arkansas the first time in 2009. But to USA, I came first time back in 2004. That's where I met Aaron and Bridget. And I served at their church in Bridgeport. And then Aaron and Bridget moved here. And they said, hey, can you come over here? I said, yes, mom, I can come. And since that time, this is now my third time. And I want to thank you, Pastor. Even when you had not tested me, you gave me the opportunity to speak here. God bless you for that. And the second time you did. And the third time, now, Sunday morning, to all of your congregation. I take it as a golden opportunity that God planned in advance. Back there in Uganda, I'm a pastor. I have been a pastor half of my life. Because right now, I'm 44 years, 44. Yeah. But I've been to the pulpit ministering and planting churches for the last 20 years. So I started ministry when I was just 24. And I have never regretted why I chose to serve the Lord. Then the Lord has led me to start a school called Omega School, which serves uh, close to 500 children that come every day to study there. And this school, all children there are either orphans or they come from a very poor family. And when we mean poor, it's really poor. Because what you call poor here is rich there. They grow just enough for them to eat. And some of them are not able to educate their children. Education or school is free, kind of, but they have to buy their own uniform. They have to pay for the meal at school. They have to buy the books they need to use and take care of their own medical 
attention. So, the sponsors here that have adopted the children, I want to thank you so much for your faithfulness. I want to show you a few pictures here of the school I'm talking about. Um, yeah, those are the structures we have, but this school started under a mango, 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 I don't know how you pronounce it, but under a mango tree with only 54 students. And now we have close to 500. We even ever registered 700, but we've been graduating them to go to higher institutions of learning, all by the help of the sponsors that give every month. Another one, please. Uh, that child there, standing in front of our beautiful buildings that you helped to build, is holding a suit. This is a gift from a sponsor who sent birthday money. And the child said, hey, I need to wear a suit. So they went and bought him a suit. And a photo was taken in front of the, the school. Another one, sir. Uh, you see quite a number of kids in our large hall at Omega School. Each of them is holding a gift. These are gifts that are given once a year for a child to celebrate Christmas, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that photo there speaks a lot to me because it is hardly not possible to have a child eat a piece of meat in a year except Christmas have rice and a bottle of, of soda. So we have put up a day we call Happy Day at Omega School, where every children that come to Omega and children surrounding come and celebrate Christ, and a gift is passed on to them, and they eat a meal and have a soda. It makes us happy and the children are happy, then Christ receives the glory. But it is the sponsors like you who give in at a time like this extra money to make such a function possible. So I want to thank you so, so much for the love you give to these children. Uh, those are chickens. And with Arkansas, you understand what chickens are. Because I sell a lot of chicken houses. These are for eggs. They lay eggs, and we are able to serve children with some eggs, and we sell some to supplement on the income so that we can meet other needs locally. And this was possible through the support and the generous giving of the supporters in America. Somebody, they are happy with a piglet. That is, that piglet is a rescue 
to this family or that lady and the children she has. She receives a piglet like that, and many of the women you see there have received big piglets. Some are holding them in their bags. They are taking them home so that they can take care of them. In the future, these, these pigs or piglet will become an income to that family and save her from too much poverty. And she can be able to take care of her children. Some of these ladies are single moms. They need a hand, but we cannot give them all the time. But when you give them something to do, they can take care of themselves. So this has been made possible still through the supporters like you that feel for the family there, for a woman there, for a family, and they give extra to buy a pig or a piglet. Uh, those are pastors, each of them with a goat. That is always a gift that will help a pastor uh, be able to take care of his family. Because churches in Uganda, people are crowded in the church, 200, 300, 400. But at the end of the day, when they give, you might end up, if much, maybe $10 altogether, added up in a big church. So it's not able to take care of the pastor. But the people line up in the front of the pastor seeking for extra help. And there, the pastor shares whatever he has. So a, a goat like that helps a pastor. One can help a pastor buy a cow or sponsor a pastor for $40 a month. That would give him a push. The sponsors here helped us buy such goats. Uh, that is a school truck. Uh, in my last trip four years ago, I was talking about a truck we needed to help us carry our, our goods from the farm produce to the storage because we grow food for our own children. You helped us buy a tractor, you helped us buy land, and that truck there helps us to transport the corn that we harvest every season. In Uganda, we grow two times a year, and we harvest two times a year. And before I left, we had already planted 33, 33, 33 acres of corn. All this will help us feed the children. Thank you for the love. Thank you for helping. Those, those are all the pictures I have for you today. Thank you. And out there, we have a table laid out. If you feel like you want to sponsor a child or give to certain need, we shall be standing there to help you do that. You can pick a child you can sponsor monthly for $20 a month. It goes a long way there in Africa. Because it helps a child buy school uniform, school fees at school, a hot meal, and medical attention where needed.
and many of you are doing that for the last three, four years. Thank you so much. We shall be there to help you think of supporting a child and sponsoring a child. Back to me now. I am married. I have one wife with three children now. Uh, but the three of them are literal. The big one is seven years. Uh, the second is a five. The third, who is a girl, is a three. They love you and thank you for praying with us and for supporting us. Okay, now back to the business of God's word. You know, I love to preach the word. I love to share about Christ. And I promise not to keep you so long here, but I will try. Try to keep you long, then try to keep you short so that you can go home and relax. I have an accent. Some words, I pronounce them differently. But the problem is to mix the British English, the Ugandan language, and then we make our own English there. Pronunciation of words. <laughs> so I beg that you open wide your ears to be able to understand what I'm going to say. But it remains the word of God. So can you lift up your hand again? Father, I pray that you bless this time together for the word of God. Lord, like every time, you've been faithful to us. You minister through us and you speak to someone. I pray that even today, at this very moment, you come and speak to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, when I'm speaking, sometimes I get louder, real loud. So maybe somebody on the, mic, on the mixer there, you can try to control. But I will still remain loud anyway. Yeah, so we are reading in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1 from verse four up to ten. We are going to read like six verses there. And uh, I will read because um, I want you to experience my reading and the accent there. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you, appointed you a prophet to the nations. 
Then I said, Oh God, Lord, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. Now the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you will go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Nine. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, 10, see, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Praise the Lord. That's a beautiful reading. I like it. You can give it a clap, please. I have a theme this morning, and I believe the Lord will allow me to bless somebody this morning. Our theme this morning says, time for action. Time for action. Praise the Lord. You know, it is so easy for someone to have a dream. That is pretty easy. It is so easy to have new ideas. It is very easy for someone to feel the call to ministry. And it is so easy to say, to say how one is going to start to pray each day. So easy to say all that. It is very easy to talk about what you are going to do and about to do. But today, We should agree that the, t the time for talking should be over. The time for talking is over. It is now time for actions, time for acting. It is time for taking that first step to that goal, to that dream, to that mission you want to do, to that ministry you want to do. Time to take that first step. Praise the Lord. I know many of us have ideas. I have ideas. 
I have dreams. I have a mission. I have a goal. And each one of us has some. But it is easy to brag around what you intend to do, what you want to accomplish. But the matter of fact, doing it is something different. Now, let us look at Jeremiah. Let us look at Jeremiah. God came to him and said, hey, Jeremiah, I knew you. I knew you before I formed you in the womb. I knew you. Jeremiah was listening. And God went on to speak to Jeremiah. He told him, I sanctify you before sanctified you before you were born. And he went on to say, I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah was looking on. Then a thought came in his mind. He said, Ah, oh God, Lord, see, I do not know how to speak. I don't know how to speak. And you were saying you knew me before I was even formed in the womb. You knew me before I was born. And you ordained me in advance. I don't know how to speak. And on top of that, I am only a youth. You know, Jeremiah was trying to say, my God, you know me. I lack that eloquence and speaking ability required for such a public ministry. And you are telling me, you knew me before, I lack that ability to speak. I'm, I'm not able to speak to the big crowd and you are now sending me to the world. He was saying, I lack the experience and training in this prophetic ministry you are sending me to. And on top of that, my age does not fit such a call. I am young. I am not able to do it, Lord. I am unable. I am not able to do it. And as he was still talking, God said, hey, Jeremiah, stop. Wait. <laughs> Wait a minute. Do not fear them. Because God was seeing inside him, Jeremiah was trembling, was fearing, was showing that he doesn't want to take that first step to go forward. And God is telling him, Man, you've got to go. Don't say, I, I, am, I am a child. I, I don't know how to speak. Just move forward. Do not fear them. He told him, I am with you to deliver you from all the steps that you are going to take. And he said, I have put my words in your mouth. 
What you will say is not your own. I am the owner of the people you are going to speak to. I met them. I know what they think. I know what they eat. I know what they like and what they don't like. I am sending you. When you've got to know Jeremiah, it is time for action. Time for action. Time for reasoning and telling me you don't know. It's over. You better take a step. Mm. And God went on. Told him the mission he wanted him to accomplish. He told him, I want you to go and pluck up, break down, destroy, overthrow, build, and plant. Those were the duties that God is appointing this man. And he knew him before even he was formed in his mother's womb. Isn't that so neat? It makes me so comfortable to know that before somebody is formed in the womb, God has got a plan for that person already. Every step you take, God is taking care of it. I love that. And it, it gives me that willingness to submit, that willingness to commit, that willingness to sacrifice my life to him and go deeper. Seek him. Live for him. And obey his word and obey his command. And God told him, Jeremiah, I am watching over my word to perform it. Don't be scared. I am watching over my word to perform it. Whatever I told you, whatever I said to you, will come to pass. Now, how does this relate to us today? How does it work for us? Today, we need to realize, we need to realize that we need to act now. To act now. It is time for action. It is time for the church to wake up from sleep and act now. And when we talk about the church, the church is not the building. I, I, I'm, I'm well sure that you know that already. The church is not the building. The church is you and me. And when we come together, the Bible says, I am the temple of God. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. And now, the church waking up out of sleep means I, Fred, you can put your name, I, Fred, let me hear somebody say, I, Sanso, please, I don't hear you, I, here, should wake up from sleep because I am the church. Then when we come together, like we've gathered, we are a church. We are a church here and we are part of the body of Christ, which is the universal church. We've got to wake up 
from sleep and acting now. The days for words, just words are over. The days to speak, to tell us what you are going to do, is over. It is time to take that step and move forward. Hallelujah. Let, let, let us, let our yes be yes, and let our no be no. And I want to be clear to this. Believers all over the world, wherever I've been to preach, in my country and in other countries, people tend to compromise. Okay? They know what is the truth, and they know what is not called the truth. And they are not able to say no where it requires saying no. They are not able to say yes where it requires to say yes. The Bible says, let your no be no. And let your yes be yes. This brings me to me and my relationship with Jesus. There are things that I have to do that Jesus doesn't like. And Jesus is giving the opportunity to say no those things and say yes to those that I'm supposed to do. So as me, as you, you are responsible for your own life. I know the pastor has a duty to intercede for you before God, but you are more responsible for your own life. Messing it up is your responsibility. Making it a better life is, a be is your responsibility. And going to heaven is you who will go to heaven. It is not your neighbor. So going to heaven is a step you work on yourself, myself. If I mix up my life and I don't do what Christ wants me to do, I have messed up my life. And the penalty I receive at the end of the day. So, let my yes be yes, and let your no be no. Can I see somebody wave to Jesus, maybe? Wave to Jesus. Now, we need to take back our authority and put it to use. You know, the church in America, I want to speak to you. You have somehow fallen short from that former glory you had. You are slipping back into the world. You have allowed the world to control you. The church in America. You are not speaking out. Man, we've got to take our authority back in the name of Jesus. And put it into good use. I mean good use. No one else can do for us what we are meant to do. No. Those people in Washington, 
will never do it for you. It is the church who stand up and say no to what needs to be said no. It is the church. Because the duty was left to us. No one can become us. No. We are we. And we are unique. And our duties are unique on this planet us. The president of America can never do the duty that the church has to do. In fact, the church must direct the political leaders in the right direction. And we have the power together. We can change it if we, if we wish and if we determine. We can change it to go to the right direction. Because we have the authority. We have the authority. And no one can become us. No one can become us. No one, they are trying to become us. And they are bringing in their funny ideas, decisions, and policies that will never match with God. God can never mix with the darkness. The church is light. So, we cannot become them. We are we, and we are unique, and our duties are unique. It is only the church that can perform it. The Bible says in Luke 10, that's just a reference, in Luke 10, 19, it says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. If you stand in the power of the enemy, you can trod on snakes and scorpions. And when the Bible is talking about snakes and scorpions, it is meaning snakes and scorpions. But in the spiritual world, it's meaning Satan. You can trod on Satan and finish him. He has no power. Satan has no power. We have the authority to put him down. And he will try to force himself back. But because of the power of Jesus, he said, and all the power of the enemy. All the power of the enemy. And nothing will harm us. If we stand our ground, nothing will harm us. Now, Time for action. It is time for us to do our real duties. Our real job as a church. It is high time. And our real duty is to black out and break down. The church should black out and break down. There, where I grow corn, when you plant more than two or three, you need to go and pluck some out that are not yielding fruit, that will, will cause trouble to the growth of the rest of the plants. You pluck it out. And God is asking Jeremiah, I've given you authority to pluck out and break down. Now here, the church, 
we, the church, we have the duty to pluck out. The enemy has planted a lot. The enemy has planted a lot. And, and your witnesses. And some of it we are just smearing cosmetics. You know we cannot touch, you know. We cannot do it, you know. It's just, you know, you know, my friend, I cannot do that. They are going to imprison me. No. You know what? We need to get that thing out. Whatever is not giving glory to God, we need to get it out. If it is in my life, it's me to get it out. If it is in your life, it is you to get it out. You take the first step to pluck it out. So we can pluck out whatever the enemy planted and destroy it and break it and overthrow and build and plant. You plant new things. How do you do that? Let me get that quickly. How is it done? We do this through prayer. Everybody say prayer, 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 prayer. Please, please repeat after me. Everybody say prayer. You know, I'm getting tempted to turn you into my congregation back home. And I request that you can become my congregation just for a few minutes. And I'm about to give up. Okay? Prayer. We can break, we can pluck out, we can destroy, we can overthrow, we can build and plant through prayer. We can do it through fasting. Yeah, I want to talk about fasting. And when I talk about fasting in my country, some people, their hearts begin to pump high. Fasting? No, it is not biblical. It is biblical. I want to tell you, it is biblical. Fasting is biblical. The Bible says in Matthew, Matthew 17, 21. If you have King James Version, it has it there. It says, but this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. There are things in America that will not go out unless the American people choose to pray and add fasting on that prayer. Then things will be moved. Hello. Am I talking to someone? And when I mean fasting, I mean fasting. You do it as a sacrifice for the work of God, for this nation. So prayer will break whatever the devil has planted. Prayer will destroy whatever the, the devil has planted. And it will be plucked out, it will be broken, it will be destroyed and overthrown. And we shall plant and build new things and new governments that fear God and God alone. Oh my God. It is time for action. It is time for action. I hate people back home. They talk of the things they don't want to happen. And when they have got the opportunity to act and remove what they don't want, they don't take the step they are supposed to take. 
Okay? The Bible says, when somebody evil is in leadership, the people cry. Okay? So God is not in agreement to have bad people in leadership. He wants good people. And who can make the change? The church. You may not force everybody to vote the person you want. But if you go here, before they go in there to tick on somebody, the power of God will make them love this power. Oh, no, let, let me take this one now. And at the end of the day, the declaration will be in the favor of the church in the name of Jesus. Why? The church prayed. We can change people's hearts to do what we want and to do what God wants. So prayer breaks. Prayer destroys. Prayer can make you build and plant new things. Now, what should we do today? We should stop giving excuses. Excuses. You know, <laughs> this guy, Jeremiah, was giving too many excuses. God is telling him, I am appointing you, I'm sending you now. He's telling God, you know, I don't know how to speak. And I'm also very young. I am a teenager. I'm used. I cannot do it. I want to tell you, even if you're a young person, you can do it. Even if you're old, you can do it. Even if you are middle-aged, you can do it. You can do something for God. Prayer can be done by anyone. Prayer is not done by only pastors. No! No! Every one of us is now free to go to the throne of God. Because that curtain was blocking us, was broken destroyed. Now you and me, we can freely come to the throne of glory and report to him and ask him what we need. There must be a prayer day where you come here for the mission to pray. Pray for your country. Pray for your children. Pray for your family. Intercede for the land that revival should come. It takes the people of that land call upon revival. So, we need to stop giving excuses. I cannot breathe. I cannot breathe. I cannot fast enough. I have disease. You will continue to have disease if you don't need to sacrifice your body. Try. There are many different types of fasting and I know pastors already told you that. Different types. Do what works for you. And God will respect it. But you can, you should sacrifice some time to prayer and fasting. So stop giving excuses. We should obey God's call. God has called some of us to plant churches. Some of us to be in the ministry maybe for children. Some of us to be involved in other ministries. But we are giving excuses all the time. We should not fear to start ministry or start to minister. We should not fear. Jeremiah was told not to fear. Go right on. It is the time for action, not words. We should stop postponing prayer commitments. 
people postpone that a lot. Every other shepherd, this year I'm going to be a prayerful man. I'm going to be a prayerful lady. And then things come along there. They don't commit to prayer. Do you know why? The enemy fears a prayerful person. Because that person is, is like a bomb to him. So he doesn't want people to pray. But we should stop postponing. If you determine to wake up every day to pray, why don't you wake up? You are saying, you know, Fred, you don't know. It gets cold here. Yeah, it gets cold on me all the time. When I'm in America. <laughs> okay. But you can warm it up in your house. <laughs> and maybe cover yourself with a lot of eight, maybe, blankets. Then go in a corridor and say, Lord, I'm calling upon you. I am giving my life to you. Even when it is so much cold in here. Lord, come. Hide up our land. Come heal our land. And God will hear. Because somebody has sacrificed. We should stop neglecting our call. We should stop. I want to give you three things as I wind up. Way forward. I have only three things in that. Number one, it is time you act. If you are saying you are going to pray, begin today. And what I tell my people, if you do not begin, you will never begin. You've got to start. You've got to start then God will come and join you. So, it is time you act now. Some of you, you are praying maybe for marriage. You want a beautiful man. No, men are handsome. You want a handsome man. And men, men want beautiful what? Beautiful wives. But, Every wife that comes to you, you complain about. Every woman, every man that comes to you, you complain about. I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this on her. I don't like this on him. And now God says, okay. Now I should go back and create a unique woman, a unique woman for this one. We give God her time. Man, you've got to make up your decision and act now and decide now. If you are to marry, marry. Because you will find none who is perfect. Every woman has got some mistakes. Every man has some mistakes. We need to pray, trust God. But if you pray for 20 years for a husband, by the time the husband comes, you will be 40. And somebody who, who was looking for a wife who said, Nah, I cannot go with someone who is 40. Nah. Nah. 
So you better take up your step and begin. Act now. Make a decision now. That woman, you can mold her into what you want. That man can be changed into what you want through prayer. Once you kneel like this, God can change the men you want, the women you want. You've got to take the first step and move forward. Even in prayer, start. Fasting, start. Giving, start. Honest, start. Abandon alcohol, start. Drugs, start to abandon them. They will never be abandoned if you don't take the first step. Okay? You say, no, Fred, you don't know. I'm hooked up on this thing, I don't know. If it can be broken. Those are your thoughts. Anything is possible in Jesus' name. You can stop to drink alcohol. You can stop to smoke. Oh. My goodness. God can do it all for you. We heard a song, no matter how many times I've fallen, you are there for me. But it's not willing for you to fall every day, follow every day, follow every day, follow every day. Then you sing a song, you follow the other day. Then you, no, God says, okay, I want to help you. But you should also find a way to begin to abandon this thing that is killing you every day. Hope I'm not offending someone. Okay? Way forward to time. It is time to get back what belongs to us. It is time. We take that step and bring back what belongs to us. And we can only claim it through prayer. Lastly on that, it is time for action. Not words. We've talked enough. We've spoken enough. We've said enough of what we want and of what we don't want. Now it is time to take it to God in action, in prayer, and commit our lives to God and be prayerful. And God will heal our land. If my people who are called by name, my name they will humble themselves, quit evil, turn away from sin. Then I'll hear their prayer and come down from heaven and heal their land. Time for action, time for words is over. God bless you.